It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. Michael Roman found out that the best things in life happen when you get carried away. He went into culinary school to write about what it means to be a chef and instead became a cook. Got a job line cooking, lucked into one of the great restaurants of the world to work with the chef on his book, and he kept on writing about food. He says he got carried away and it made all the difference. And Michael's main goal is to get people into the kitchen to cook, to try new things, to learn and have fun, and talk about something new. How about charcuterie? He's written a book along with Brian Polson called Charcuterie, the Craft of Salting, Smoking, and Curing. And he's joining me today on Amy's Table. Welcome, Michael. I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm happy to be here, Amy. Thank you. Well, my goodness, you're a prolific writer. <laughs> um, if, I, if I don't write, I don't get my bills paid, and that makes my wife very angry. I can understand. Keep writing. In fact, I shouldn't keep you too long this morning. <laughs> Well, always working, always working. Yeah, but that's a good thing. And and if your work is your love, then it, really you're not working a day, right? That's absolutely yes. Couldn't say it better. So so, why did you write this book? Tell me a little bit. I mean, is it really an approachable practice and technique for the home cook? Um, of course it is. Uh, we've been doing it for centuries. It it, it it's how we preserve food. Um, and if it was that hard, humans wouldn't have survived. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- what started this book, charcuterie, which is basically the, the art and craft of preserving meats and food, whether it's making a duck confit to preserve duck legs, to dry curing a ham, uh, so that it keeps for a year or two years to making a pate or terrine. Um, it's all about preserving our food. Charcuterie literally means cooked food and we cooked it to preserve it, whether by salting it and drying it or by cooking it with heat. Um, and what got me interested in this subject was, was duck confit. I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of the most delicious things in the world, and it astonished me back in 1996 when I started really learning about cooking when I went to the CIA to, to learn cooking. Um, here was this fatty, rich meat that you poached in fat, and then you let, it, let the fat congeal around the, the duck so that it ripened, became even more tender and deep in the flavor. Um, and then you, you crisped it up and broiled it so its skin was crispy and the meat was succulent and tender. And it was so good, it made me want to weep. But its goodness was not the point, and that's when this book started. I realized that we created this duck confit not to enjoy it, not, to, not for our own gratification, but for our own survival. And we keep doing it. Um, for for reasons of pleasure, not survival. But we need to remember that we once did it so that we could stay alive in the in the in the winter. French farmers sure. slaughtered their ducks. They they had no way to eat all this duck, so they had to preserve it for the winter. In fact, in Gascony, where this is a common practice, they won't eat last year's duck confit until they know they have enough duck confit uh, for this year. Sometimes saving it as long as three years. Hmm. Uh, so I was fascinated by the history of preserving food, and I had just been working on a magazine article featuring this 
this um, crazy chef Brian Polson in Michigan, um, <laughs> who happened to be who happened to be teaching charcuterie, and I didn't know I had no expertise in charcuterie. I don't write a book because I already know something. I write a book because I don't know anything about the subject, and that's why I write a book. That's what makes writing books fun is learning about a new subject. So I called Brian, who was an expert, um, and we put together this book, Charcuterie: The Craft of uh, uh, Salting, Smoking, and Curing. And it is a beautiful book, I should say. And I told you off air that uh, his restaurant is actually in my hometown and people rave about it. Not the least of which is my sister, who just loves his restaurant. I think it's called the Forest Grill. Um, That is correct. Yeah. It's wonderful. I've been there, too. It's fabulous. Yeah, just very cool. Well, okay. Uh, First of all, what a great story you told. I can feel the passion, hear the passion in your voice. And and I, I swear I almost like saw little choirs of angels when you were describing the duck confit. <laughs> and that's what gets people revved up about food after all. But so if the home cook chose to try to salt cure something, what would be sort of the first baby step into giving this a shot? I'd say the first two things that I would recommend people do. First, the salting that you mentioned, I would do a duck breast. Um, it's as easy as can be. You pack a duck breast in salt, completely pack it, no measuring involved. It just needs to be packed in coarse kosher salt or, uh, or a regular sea salt, but coarse kosher salt is best uh, for 24 hours. Then it's rinsed off, and you can wrap it in cheesecloth or not if you don't want, but I like to wrap mine in cheesecloth, and I hang it to dry in my kitchen for one week. And the salt extracts moisture um, and seasons the meat, and the drying further extracts moisture. The salt takes care of any bad bacteria that might be on the surface of the duck, um, and the drying further eliminates any possibility of any bad microbes or, or and more importantly, spoilage bacteria. Mm-hmm. If you left a duck breast raw out on the corner counter for a week, it would rot because of all the spoilage bacteria on it. But when you salt it, then you can leave it out on the counter for a week, and it will simply dry. And then you can slice it and serve it as duck prosciutto, and and your friends will marvel. That is so fantastic. And what an awesome gift from the kitchen for the holidays. I mean, that is so cool. I didn't know it was that easy, to be honest with you. And it's funny because people forget about salt. It is na- It naturally kills anything in its path. So if it is salt cured, it is it is safe. Right. And we've become so afraid of salt. It's ironic because salt salt is one of the reasons for our survival as a species. Yeah. Um, without salt, we would die. And yet our country has vilified it because we've begun to rely on processed foods that are loaded with salt. Salt isn't bad for you. Bad food is bad for you. Oh, that's very well said. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with author, food blogger, cook, and journalist Michael Ruhlman about his book he co-authored with Brian Polson called Charcuterie, the, Art, the Craft of Salting, Smoking, and Curing. Well, okay, I'm going to go right home and do salt cure a duck breast. I can guarantee you that. But, okay, let's step into smoking. Can you smoke food at home if you don't have a smoker? Yeah. Um you, you can. You have to be a little bit ingenious. You can do it on a grill by putting a pan of, um, of wood chips and a couple of lit charcoal uh, charcoals in a pan of wood chips and put your smoked item in your grill. They have inexpensive uh, stovetop smokers, uh, which I use. The, the next easiest step um, that I would suggest people do is bacon, which is salted, cured, uh, and smoked 
uh, pork belly. And it's so, so easy. You can even skip the, the smoking part, as they do in Italy, and call it pancetta. Um, again, you put it with some seasonings and some salt and some curing salt, uh, which gives it its, its traditional pink flavor and also protects it against microbes. Um, and then you, you cure it for a week, and then you, you smoke it or cook it to, you can even bake it, it's so easy, um, to an internal temperature of 150 degrees and chill it, and it's done. You'll slice it, fry up the slice, and you'll say, oh, my God, this is what bacon ought to taste like. This, I'm having bacon for the very first time. I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and said, making your bacon has changed my life. Well, you know, I think I love that you're giving us sincerely doable things that we don't need a lot of special equipment and that we can have success because that's when people get the courage to go further. And that's when they end up discovering a a whole new area of passion in their cooking. So the bacon thing is awesome. Now, you mentioned a stovetop smoker, and I know that I've had chefs use that in classes that we do at my cooking school. Mm -hmm. But so that's not a large investment. I mean, if you were guessing that's under 100 bucks, under 50. Oh, it's the under 50 uh, Calder Smoker, I think is the brand name. Okay, so that's a good way to try it. And if you love it, then you can step into the bigger ones. Um, I'm trying to think the big green egg. That's kind of a pop. I have one of those, and I absolutely cherish it. Yeah. It's a huge ticket item. If you've got lots of uh, disposable income, it's a great, uh, it's a great Komodo-style grill, a Japanese porcelain-style grill. Great for smoking. Great for smoking bacon, great for cooking uh, slow-cooked pork shoulder. Um, it's just awesome, but they're very expensive. Yeah. And then there's middle-of-the-road smokers. Um, there's all kinds of different smokers available now as more and more people are smoking their food. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. So there are options, but I think it's neat to step in in a way that you don't have a big risk, see how it goes, see if you like what happens. But I can just see giving, again, I'm always about the gifts when there's something unusual that you make at home. Uh, giving friends, you know, your home done bacon is just too cool for words. I, I love that. Or having a brunch featuring the bacon that you actually smoked would be so cool. And sausage, you know, sausage is one of those funny things that it, it was a savvy cook, wasn't it, who saved every Every little tidbit and repurposed well, it, was, it. It was not a savvy cook. It was it was a frugal um, uh, house house person, yeah. husband and wife team with a family who needed to use every single part yeah. of the animal. And sausage, another form of charcuterie, uh, was a great way to make use of all the little bits and pieces, the scraps of meat that you can't, you would never cook whole, that you still had to scrape off the bone. And what to do with all that fat, which you needed to last through the winter on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just think Absolutely. it's amazing. So many of the the still most beloved food items for any of us come from that, as you said, frugal time where nothing was wasted. And, and uh, you know, that has that has stood the test of time. So sausage making, I know that's actually pretty approachable for anybody. Do you have any tips for us there? Um, just, just not to be afraid of it. It's, it's, it's really easy. You do need a grinder, um, and you do need to not be afraid of fat and you just need to add the right seasonings, but it's just ground meat. Um, and that's mixed together with seasonings. It's so easy. It's a great way to, uh, to use tough cuts of meat. If you, if you're at the last minute, if you have, all you have is some, uh, a lamb shoulder, which is really tough. You could just you could just grind that up for sausage rather than slow cook it over time. 
Um, it's it's such just an an easy, wonderful preparation of 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 meat and fat and seasonings that we should make more use of. It's it's a wonderful thing. And sausage is one of the greatest things in the world. So It is. I love it. And you don't even have yeah. to put it in a casing, after all. You can just make a, pa- a patty and make it easy on yourself until you become Absolutely. just a pro, which you can become by checking out the book Charcuterie, The Craft of Salting, Smoking, and Curing. Well, I, I could probably keep you all day, but I know you're traveling, promoting the book, and doing your stuff. And you got to keep writing or your wife will not be happy with you, so I'll let you get back to that. But I am so happy to have spoken with you today and so inspired. I'm going to go home and try all kinds of things from the book. I'll also make sure to put a link to your website, which is... Ruhlman.com, R-U-H-L-M-A-N.com. Okay, perfect. I'll put that and a link to the book on amystable.com. But Michael Ruhlman, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you for this lovely conversation, Amy. I appreciate it. Thank you. Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. Q! It's Amy's Table with Amy Tolman. Yeah. Q102. Q102.